us. We're so glad that you're here. Part of what we do at church is we open up the scriptures and we allow God to speak to us through the word that he's given to us. We call this the Bible. The Bible is a library of books. It, it, it dates back about 3,400 years. It's got almost 40 authors. But ultimately, we believe with all of our hearts that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate author of Scripture. And so today, we're going to be digging into God's Word. And today, uh, the sermon title is simply this, Prayer. Prayer. And I want to honor Eugene H. Peterson today. I don't know if any of you know, uh, Eugene Peterson passed away last Saturday. And for those of you who don't know, know who he is, he's a, he was a pastor, a professor, a scholar. Yeah, he was a poet. And Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrased the Bible to make it accessible to as many people as possible, kind of in modern day English. And it's called The Message, the Bible in Contemporary Language. And it's a great tool for just everyday reading if you just want a, an easy to understand and read a uh, paraphrase of the Bible. But in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, Eugene Peterson paraphrases probably one of the more famous lines of Scripture. And it's this Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are, set the world right, do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you inspired those many authors to begin to write and take account uh, the history of Jesus, the story, the big God story that we are a part of today. Lord, I thank you for the poets that you inspired to, to write down the poetry and the songs and the beauty. And, the, and Lord, those that you inspired to write down the lamentations, the anguish of living in a broken world. Those that you inspired to write down the account of you coming to earth. Lord, we're so thankful for the scriptures. And Lord, we pray and we ask, Holy Spirit, would you now lead us, would you guide us, and would you inspire us? In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone who believes said, amen, amen. Today we're going to continue our series called Trained Up. Trained Up, developing the skills of faith. It's not about these skills. These are a means to an end. Everything we've been talking about, community, the Bible, we're going to be talking about worship. It's all a means to an end, and that end is relationship with God, relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to continue this, and here we find Jesus, as we just read, he's teaching his disciples how to pray. Perhaps uh, some of you are more familiar with this. Why don't, we, why don't we say this together? Next slide. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
Amen. Amen. You can tell that we are a Pentecostal church. If we were in a liturgical tradition, we would have all been right on time, but that was beautiful anyway. <laughs> For those of you that were listening online, that was a probably awkward moment because there's just silence there. The Lord's Prayer. We know that is the Lord's Prayer. And this is a key moment in the lives of the disciples. This moment when they come to Jesus and they ask him. They come to him and they say, teacher, teach us how to pray. But, but I want to make an argument this morning. As important as the question was, I think just as important, equally as important, was that moment that inspired them to ask the question. That moment that inspired them to come to their teacher and ask him, how do we pray? Something crystallized in the disciples' hearts and minds, and, and they, they, they recognized their need, their want, their desire to be those that prayed. And so they come to their teacher. And this is what I hope to explore with you today. To ask the question, why? Why do we pray? But in order to do that, we're going to need to understand a little bit about what prayer is. And so if you're taking notes, I'm going to ask you to write this down. We're going to return to this over and over and over today. And this is not mine. I don't, this, this big idea is not mine. I stole this. I stole this from Dr. Ralph Martin. Uh, he is actually, he's a Catholic revivalist, believe it or not. But I just, as I was looking and researching, I just loved his simplicity in this definition of what prayer is. This is what Ralph Martin, Dr. Ralph Martin said. Prayer is, at root, simply paying attention to God. Prayer is, at root, simply paying attention to God. In other words, prayer is about acknowledging the presence and activity of God in everyday life. In the ordinary and in the superordinary, in the good and in the bad. Prayer is about the relationship that Jesus has made possible. Prayer is about proximity. It's about knowing and acknowledging the presence of the one who created us. Let me put it this way I'm a married man. On my wedding day, I entered into an intimate and lifelong relationship, but, but how many know that to have success in relationship and to have fulfillment and potential, that, that relationship requires a few things, doesn't it? It requires a few things. It's not automatic. It requires spending time with one another. We call that proximity. It, it, it requires talking to each other. We call that communication. It requires revealing our hopes and our dreams and our hurts and our limitations. We call that intimacy. It requires coming together in the decisions for life and for family. We call that unity. But what happens if you begin to ignore one or more of these components of a healthy relationship? It's the beginning of the breakdown, right? It's the beginning of the breakdown. Prayer serves 
as one of the ways that we deepen our relationship with God. Prayer serves as one of the ways that we grow in intimacy with God, proximity with God, communication with God, unity with our God. So let's dig into why pray. And if you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to have about three points. I'm kicking it old school today. I do have a three-point sermon. And the first is this. We pray because we were commanded to. We pray because we were commanded to. Paul writes to the Philippian church in Philippians 4, 6-7. And he says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're one who likes to rebel against the rules, okay, you're, you're that person that when I said, when, our, when you heard the first point was prayer is a command, it kind of, you got your back up a little bit because you can't tell me what to do, right? If you're one that kind of rebels against the rules, I want you to notice something. Okay, The command that Paul writes here to the church in Philippi has everything to do with the benefit to you. You notice that? It's got everything to do with the benefit to you. This command benefits you. This command is one that gives you a perspective that God is with you in each and every situation. Prayer is a vaccination against worry and anxiety. I call this the peace you have no business having. This is the kind of peace that comes when you're in the midst of the storm. This is the kind of peace, as, as Pastor Lisa was praying this morning, as we were declaring, God, you reign. Despite our circumstances, despite what's going on, despite the hardships, despite the trials, it doesn't change a profound truth that God reigns, that God is on his throne, that God is sovereign and he's in control. And prayer brings us to a place, a perspective that is bigger, a plan that is better than what we can see or know. Prayer leads us to trust. This is the peace that, that Lisa and I experienced when we drove off the ferry at Westview for the very first time almost two years ago. And I'm not going to lie, many of you, you know the story. We're freaking out on the other side of that pond right there. We pulled into Comox and we were freaking out. Lord, where are we going? Where are you sending us? My anxiety was through the roof as we considered the possibility of uprooting our family, of leaving a place where we had deep roots and community and friendship and family. But I remember we stood on the deck of that ferry as it pulled into the terminal at Westview. And we were overlooking this, this town that just seemed really long and 
and shallow up into the top of the hill. And we prayed this prayer. Not our will, Lord, but yours be done. That was our prayer. That's all we had. That was our prayer. Not our will, but yours be done. And let me tell you, driving off that ferry was like driving out of a cloud of doubt and worry and just into an indescribable peace. We pray because life is too short and the mission and the purposes of God in our lives too important to waste it in fear and anxiety and worry. We pray because acknowledging God's proximity to us in the midst of our circumstances puts everything back into proper perspective. There's nothing better than knowing the sovereign God, the creator of all things, is with us and is for us. We pray because we were commanded to pray for our benefit. Prayer is, at root, simply paying attention to God. The second why to prayer. If you're taking notes, write it down. We pray because it's effective. We pray because it's effective. James writes in James 5, 13, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. According to James, if you find yourself in seasons of suffering, pray. Part of the reason we pray is God has given us authority in Jesus' name to press into the brokenness of this world with the truth and the power and the finished work of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is with us and works through us to speak life and health, restoration, peace, blessing into the situations and the circumstances around us. We believe that when we pray, we are partnering with God in His work of redemption and restoration. And whatever the reason for praying, you can be rest assured that Jesus is always most interested in the healing and the restoration of the soul. I say this because the reality remains that your prayers are effective, but you might not always get the answer that you want. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is wait. And other times, the answer leads you into the hard stuff of life and faith. I remember a time in my life where I had dug myself a big hole, and some of you would know my story a little bit. I shared it last year. You can find it online. And my prayer was, in that season of my life, Lord, would you just take this, this whole thing, just take it away, just get me out of here. My prayer was, as I was at the bottom of this deep hole, my prayer was, Lord, remove the hole. Just remove the hole. Let me just start from zero. And God's answer to me in that season of my life was he threw me a shovel. And he said, start digging, I'll be with you. Sometimes the answer to prayer is God throws you a shovel 
And then he partners with you in the hard work of digging yourself out of the mess. We pray because it's effective. God answers prayer. It just might not always be the way that we would prefer him to answer it. Prayer is at root, simply paying attention to God. Even in your suffering and brokenness, prayer is the answer. And it may lead you into the hardest seasons of your life, but when God is with you, hope is always before you. Come on, church. When God is with you, hope is always before you. And third, we pray because Jesus prayed. We pray because Jesus prayed. Mark 1, 35, uh, Mark, he records this. And this is just one of many instances where we see Jesus. He leaves the crowds, he leaves the people. And Mark 1, 35 says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Over and over and over again, in the recorded narrative of Jesus' life, we see that he would leave everyone, he would go by himself, and he would pray. This is just one account of many. Now you might ask, why did Jesus need to pray? Wasn't he God? And the answer would be, you're right, but he was also man. He was fully God, but he was fully man. And and here's my thoughts on why Jesus made the practice of prayer a priority in his life. And, And these are my thoughts Perhaps this is what inspired the disciples to ask the question. Jesus valued one thing above all other things. And that was relationship with the Father. Jesus valued relationship with the Father. Over and over Jesus would say, I do nothing unless my Father is on board. Relationship and unity with the Father is what fueled and drove and guided the life and the ministry of Jesus. We see it over and over and over again. That he wouldn't do anything unless the Father was on board. Unless the Father was united with him in it. Jesus valued his relationship with the Father. On a side note, we're going to be spending some time partaking of communion today. And Jesus' relationship with the Father is what makes Jesus taking our sins on the cross such a profound moment. Many of you know the story. But the moment Jesus took our sins on that cross, it severed. It severed his relationship with the Father. He was no longer connected in relationship with the Father God because he couldn't be. That's what makes that moment so profound. What Jesus intentionally did for us, so profound. But we see over and over and over again, Jesus stepping away from the disciples, stepping away from the crowds, and he took time in proximity with his Father. 
And we started this conversation with a question, what inspired the disciples to ask, teacher, can you teach us to pray? And I believe it was the fact that they were witness to the rhythms of Jesus' life and the intimacy that he had with God. Something about that inspired them. It caused them to become more hungry. It inspired the question. And this is why I believe the question and what inspires the question is just as powerful as the answer. When I look over my years of youth ministry, I had a philosophy as a youth pastor that the single greatest season of discipleship of teenagers was when I took them on missions trips. And part of the reason is we had so much preparation to do on mission trips. So we would have these classes and we would do training and we would do discipleship and how to share your testimony and how to pray for people. And we would give them all of these answers. We talk about the culture of where we're going. We talk about what to do and what not to do. But you know what the single most powerful moments of mission trips were? It wasn't, it wasn't those classes ahead of time where we gave them all these great answers to questions that they weren't asking. It was when we ended up in these places that we felt led to go to. And we were confronted by the brokenness. And we were confronted by death and suicide. Where we were confronted by hopelessness. Where we were confronted by all sorts of negative, broken things. That's when these teens started asking the questions. That's when these teens began to ask God, God, I need you. I got nothing to give here. I am, I am in the deep end without my floaties on. And I need you to show up. You see, the answers beforehand, they were still powerful. They were still true. The stuff that we gave them in the classroom was still relevant. But it wasn't until they were inspired to ask the questions for themselves. That's when the answers for them became profound and life-changing. My question to you. Have you been inspired to ask the question, Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. What inspires the question is just as important as the answer. I hope that today you will be inspired to ask this question. That you would encounter a deep and profound understanding of your absolute dependence and need for this relationship with the one who created you and loves you. And has given you such profound purpose. That the answer would have great meaning and would produce life-changing outcomes in and through you. Because like the disciples, you were inspired to pray. That when you read about Jesus' life and you see the intimacy that he had with the Father God. And the priority that he made it in his walk and in his ministry. That you would be inspired to ask the question, Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. That when you look at the profound outcomes of men and women of prayer, 
Those that you look at, whether they're deceased and long gone, part of history, part of the biblical narrative, part of church history, or whether they're still living and breathing, and they are those, those that just inspire you, and you see their intimacy, and you see their love for Jesus. Do you think that they were just special people that just sort of knew the secret that you don't know? No, they were people of prayer, and prayer is a discipline. You know what discipline means? It means hard work. Oh, but Lucas, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to pray. Can I ask you to switch and change that? Every time that you say, I don't have time for something, I would love for you just to switch that and just, just let's be honest. Let's just be honest. And I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I, I really don't want to guilt anybody. But let's be honest, every time we say, I don't have time for, what we're really saying and what we should say is prayer is not a priority. Because we make time for priorities. My prayer is that you would be inspired to ask the question, Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. When you look at the New Testament, we see that the men and women who followed Jesus, they continued the practice of prayer in their own lives. Prayer was such a part of who they were and what they did. It was so obvious that prayer had become a priority in their life and in the ministry. Prayer is, at root, simply paying attention to God. To God. And I want to be clear, and I, I want to close with this. Prayer is not just about getting our way. Prayer is not even about avoiding the troubles that come with living life in a broken world. Prayer isn't about getting all your wants and your desires. In fact, a lot of the time, prayer isn't even about you. Prayer is about acknowledging God in your life. Prayer is about reminding yourself that your, your life is not your own, but you were bought with a price. Prayer is about proximity and knowing that God is with you even in the midst of the storm, that you will not be overcome. Prayer is about standing on the promises of God in faith, being reminded that it's He that brings the breakthrough. Prayer is about trusting that God's will and way for your life is where you're going to find fulfillment and hope and peace and joy. Prayer is about communication and relationship, intimacy, proximity to the God who created you. Why pray? Because we are inspired by this simple truth. We have an opportunity to grow in relationship with the creator of all things. How awesome is that? We pray because we were commanded to pray. And that command is for our benefit. That we would not be anxious and a people of worry. But that we would know the peace of God. That peace that we have no business having. 
We pray because Jesus' relationship with the Father inspires us, just as it did the disciples over 2,000 years ago, to ask the question, teacher, teach us how to pray. And I close with this. As the worship team comes, we pray because this movement that we're a part of 2,000 plus years ago began with prayer. I close with an excerpt from, from the message, Acts 1, 12 to 14. So they left the mountain called Olives and returned to Jerusalem, the disciples. It was a little over half a mile. They went to the upper room they had been using as a meeting place. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. They agreed they were in this for good, completely together in prayer, the women included, also Jesus' mother Mary and his brothers. Lord God, this morning we ask the question, would you teach us how to pray? Lord, we didn't get a whole lot into how to pray today because, Lord, it, quite frankly, it doesn't matter unless we're asking the question, unless we're inspired, Lord, to approach the throne room of grace, unless we're inspired to make time with you a priority in our hearts and our lives. Lord, we can figure out the why. But Lord, this morning, would you inspire us by the life of your Son, Jesus. By the life and the works and the practices of the apostles and the early church leaders. Would you bring to memory for many of us the the grandparents or the great-grandparents or the legacy of prayer that's been in our family. Holy Spirit, would you inspire us? To engage in a practice that brings us into something bigger than ourselves. That aligns our heart with yours for the mission and the purposes for our lives in this world? Would you inspire us, Lord, to make proximity, communication, intimacy, and unity with your Spirit a priority in our hearts and in our lives? We acknowledge, Lord, your presence here with us today. Because, Lord, prayer at root is paying attention to you.
And we know, Lord, where the church is gathered, you are there in the midst. We're going to transition in a moment, but before we do, just as the team just kind of plays softly, can we just take a moment, forget about your neighbor, forget about who's around you, and maybe you're new to this. Maybe you are new to church and you're going, what in the world is this place all about? You know, it it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you've accepted Jesus into your heart or not. There's a God who loves you and would love to hear from you. And maybe you've been serving Jesus for your entire life. Maybe you're like many here today that you've been serving Jesus longer than I've been alive times two. I would just challenge you to ask the Spirit to teach you to pray. Because there's always something new, there's always something deeper. Just take a moment in your own words, in your own way to engage the creator of all things. I hope today that you that you're inspired to step into something. Maybe for you it's something new. Maybe it's something rediscovered. Maybe it's just taking it to the next level of depth and intimacy and proximity with your Savior. 
We have some resources on our website, myevangel.church forward slash Bible. If you go there, you're going to see some plans, some Bible plans. The last one's about prayer. We just added a few resources there, some reading plans to kind of help you grapple with the question, how? Today wasn't about how, today was about why. But we wanted to help resource you. If you're new to faith, there's some great resources there as well. Myevangel.church forward slash Bible. We would love just to partner with you in that. But at this time, we're going to transition the service and we're going to step to this table. And we're just going to remember what Christ Jesus did for us. Giving us access to the Father that we might be able to pray and have intimacy with Him. And so we're going to do that as those serving come at this time.